Hi, welcome to Sleep Around with Kay and Lenny. Um, today we're just going to be talking about our first experience overseas, um, somewhere you know far away from home. Oh, but before we do that, we do have some information to share with you guys or whoever is well, listening. Yeah, last episode. We didn't know much about the gay penguin situation. We didn't know a lot about Easter. Would you like to start with the gay penguins, or should I talk about Jesus? How do you want to figure this I out? Will, yeah, I will just give a brief synopsis of what's going on with the penguins at that. We're going to find out for ourselves in the future, in person, Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I'm definitely going to find out when I go there this summer, but I feel like this is definitely something worth knowing before I go. So, what it is, there are, I guess, a couple of gay penguins at the Edinburgh Zoo because there is a shortage of female penguins, so rather than not mating at all, they have decided, well, I don't know if they made this conscious decision. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is anyway, this something that, like, the government is deciding here, or who's <laughs> deciding this? I don't know. Maybe they were born this way. I don't I know. I would assume they have to be born this way. I don't think the government can decide, okay, you two are going to be gay now. Maybe they're bisexual. It could be. They could but be. It's, you're never going to know, because penguins mate for life, so yeah. they're not even going to find out. Basically, there's just a shortage of female penguins. And that's why. So, so you're about... saying like all gay people or penguins, all gay penguins are only gay because they're lonely, and this is the only. I am definitely they have? not saying that. Or is the Let, article? Let's talk saying... about Jesus now. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about something much less controversial. Let's talk about Jesus. Everyone can agree Jesus is the best with his beard and all. So last episode, <laughs> I didn't know why Jesus or why Easter was changing from week to week, from year to year. It doesn't make sense. It should just be when Jesus rose is the day that Easter is. But this is what I found. On a Easter side note, this has okay. nothing to do with travel. We will be talking about travel. Will we? I'm pretty sure we're turning into a Christian podcast now. <laughs> I thought that's what we turned into. No, okay, yes, absolutely we're talking about travel and approximately as long as it takes me to read this, so 30 seconds. So, the reason why Easter is different from year to year is because I forget already. <laughs> oh, here we you go. You already forgot. Something to do with an equinox, right? Yeah, right, right. The day of Easter is usually, well, not usually, it is, the first Sunday after the first full moon occurring on or after the March equinox. And this is because, in English... The March equinox coincides with Easter Sunday and holidays because there is no fixed date in the Gregorian or the Julian calendar, which is the calendar used by many Orthodox Christian churches. So to boil that down, I'm still not sure why it's not a specific date. Something to do with the Orthodox Christian church calendar. Okay. It's not a very good calendar. So now we know. A little bit about gay penguins and basically and if you want to know any information about this look it up yourself because you really <laughs> don't know okay. I think that's what we get out of this which is absolutely nothing but nothing at least at now our listeners have learned something new possibly yeah, hopefully. okay so let's get right into it. um 
do you want to go first, Lenny? Do you want to talk about well, we're going to talk about like overseas? yeah. It wasn't until last year. I've always traveled within North America whenever I traveled somewhere, and then last summer I'm like, I'm going to go on a backpacking trip to Europe. Something I've always wanted to do. I don't care if I'm not 20. I'm going to do it in my 30s. So hey, that's that's when a lot of people start traveling in their 30s i mean you have money for it so why not technically i should have money for it yeah (laughs) whether or not i have money for it doesn't matter it doesn't matter i did it so like um my first plane ride into europe was into lisbon portugal and the reason why i chose lisbon was because why most people choose a lot of destinations is it was the cheapest it was the cheapest it was the cheapest to get into and out of europe but (laughs) Like, when I got there, I realized that Lisbon is one of the most gorgeous cities that exists on the planet. And I could say this yeah, I remember with all you, authority. I remember you sending me pictures while you were there, and I was, I was impressed um, because it's not somewhere that a lot of people think to go. When they're thinking of Europe, they don't mm-hmm. think of that as being the, one of the top places to visit. No, and it absolutely should be. It is changing. There is a lot of articles out there now that I'm reading where Portugal is becoming one of the more well-known places to go to while I'm traveling in Europe because it does have a lot of advantages. It is on the ocean. Um, it is fairly cheap to get there. For now. For now. It's also really cheap to like buy stuff there. It's one of the cheapest places to buy food, to stay at a hostel to do anything when i went there um the first sunday of every month in june july and august i believe the museums are free they give you free passes to all the museums in the city so i went to a horse carriage museum i was just walking from one place to the other carriage museum a horse carriage museum i've never heard of that but it sounds like something worth taking a look at especially since it's free well, I didn't know it was a horse carriage museum when I went in there because it was all Portuguese. I don't understand Portuguese. I just went into a building that play, that had free entrance because I needed to go to the bathroom. So, so once I went in there... <laughs> like you thought it was the McDonald's or something. No, no. I knew it was a museum. It was a, it's a big building. You know, there's a security guard out front with a window looking to take your ticket or whatever. And there's, you know, there's universal pictures for... This is maybe not a museum, but, you know... This is a place you can go to see something. So I just sort of went up to the ticket window. I asked, you know, do you speak English? Because my Portuguese, even just asking if they speak English, wasn't good. I should have became more prepared with Portuguese. But well, now you know for next time. Like they, they understood English, so they said, yeah, this is a museum. Come on in. You're welcome. All you got to do is, you know, I'm going to stamp your hand. Come on in. So I went in, went to the bathroom. I'm like, well, I'm here. It's air-conditioned. It's hot outside. I'm going to take a quick look around. And you got to go down to the basement to go to the museum because there's nothing on the main floor. So the whole time I'm just like, I wonder what this is. This is exciting. My first trip to Portugal and I have no idea what's going on because I don't speak the language. This is an adventure. Now, could you sit inside of the horse carriages? Well, it wouldn't be much of a museum if they let you (laughs) play with all the... uh, stuff that was there presented. No, I suppose no. not, but I no. think that would have been cool. It would have been yeah. cool, but it's all like 14th century royal carriages. So, 
What they did have was two Japanese people in cosplay outfits. Uh-huh. And a professional photographer walking around from horse carriage to horse carriage taking pictures. One of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Like you man, haven't been to Japan. I haven't. Yeah, this was in Portugal. I guess if I was in Japan, that would be common. But not in Portugal. You wouldn't expect that in Portugal, but they're, they're everywhere, I guess. Um, but what our viewers need to know is that the first... What day was it? The first Sunday? The first Sunday of at least every July and August. I'm not sure if June is also included in that. Summer long. Do you think they decide that based on the equinox as well? It could be. I haven't researched this. I wonder if it involves Easter. Maybe... Like, maybe it's the first Sunday before the equinox, because I believe the equinox in July is late July. I could be incorrect on this. Or maybe it's the first equinox after June? So, if you guys need to use the bathroom while you're in Portugal, while you're in Lisbon, go to the Horse Carriage Museum. Tell them Lenny sent you. Even if you just want to see some horse carriages, I highly recommend it. It's a great museum for horse carriages unlike any other horse carriage museum I've <laughs> i don't seen. know who goes uh to portugal looking for horse carriages but i would go people go in the bathroom that's who <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically was... it's just like a glorified place to use the restroom pretty much they also had a shop there so if you want to buy some portuguese souvenirs it's a good place to go um, um, so what are the other, like, what was your favorite place to go to while you were in Lisbon? What struck you about the city? Oh, just the fact that, like, I think my favorite place was for sure watching the sunset at that church. You remember when I talked to you at the church? Like, Yes, yes, I do remember. It was at the top of a hill overlooking the entire city with the ocean in the background. And it's just the most gorgeous sight you could possibly imagine. Do you well, know the true. name of that church? <laughs> that's a good question. I do not. All I do know well, is that... Well, that's something you can find out for next time. Now, what I do know is it's at the end of the free walking tour that I took. So if you take the free walking tour in Portugal, in Lisbon, I believe there's only the one. Um, take that walking tour. I highly recommend it. I now, cannot is recommend this the tour... That you took where you found out that you were actually just following a family? No, that, <laughs> that was in a different city. That was in Florence. This one, this one was a legitimate free walking tour. And my advice to anybody who ever goes into a city for the first time that they don't know, take a walking tour. It is the best and thing you can sure do. And make sure that it's an actual tour and not just a large family. That was a mistake that I haven't made since. <laughs> Even still following his family around, it's still nice. It gets you out in the city walking around. That's true. So if you are looking for sort of a walking tour experience, just follow about five feet behind a family. I, what I don't understand is the family had like a flag or something that made it look like they were a walking tour. What family carries a flag around so that they look like they were a walking tour? I guess that family does. But... They're a safe family. So yeah, anyways, take the free walking tour in Lisbon. Totally worth it. It's a I good way to get to know the city. In the Lisbon. Food. Let me tell you about the food. 
the food when people ask me what was my favorite place to eat in Europe my answer is Lisbon the food is the best food that I've ever had anywhere all the fish were fresh all the, like they have this custard dessert called a nada and it was like a lineup around the block to get this nada it took like an hour to get it was it worth it it was absolutely worth it it's a custard oh what is it I've never heard of it let me tell it's a so it's a puff pastry shell with custard with the custardy center filling okay I was thinking it was like a pudding for some reason I had in my mind that it was some kind of like pudding like a no bread pudding it's sort of a custard tart is I believe the English translation and this place is known for giving you cinnamon powdered sugar and cocoa powder that you put on top of the nada so I bought three which most people only buy one or two but you know I'm in Portugal I have to I have to go all out here I bought three so that I could try one with the cinnamon one with the cocoa powder and one with the powdered sugar Whoa, you're going wild I went wild it's Europe you gotta you go fuck wild and my advice is to go for the powdered sugar. The powdered sugar really took my breath away. Didn't you say the coffee was amazing there? It's probably better than this terrible coffee that I just made for myself. I mean, this coffee that I'm drinking, it actually tastes like I mixed dirt with some water. The coffee that I had was much better than dirty water. <laughs> uh, it was in You're Lisbon. You're really selling Lisbon here. <laughs> It was in Lisbon where I learned to put cocoa powder in coffee. I've never put cocoa powder in coffee, and since then, I haven't been able to stop. Like, there's just something about putting a nice, dark, chocolatey powder in your cup of coffee that really takes coffee to a whole new level. So, it was in Lisbon where I learned that particular thing with coffee, and I haven't gone back. And the coffee is amazing there. It is the best coffee. Well, it's not so the best. So we have the best coffee, the best, best coffee, the best food, the best horse carriage museum, the best horse carriage. It's the cheapest way to fly in and out of Europe, other than Iceland. Um, it's cheap food, cheap hostel. So for now, I, so for like, now. whoever is listening, hurry up and go to Lisbon because soon it's going to be a highly desired place to go, and the prices will rise. The good news is everywhere in Europe is expensive. So even if Portugal starts to become more expensive, it's just going to be average in price compared to the other places. I don't see anything good about that. <laughs> in I my head, it sounded good. <laughs> in my head, it sounded good. You're right. It's not good at all. You know what? I might add it to my list of places to go this summer. I don't know. I'm saying that now, but... It's pretty far away from the UK. Well, it's not that far, but it's far enough away. Hopefully, just put it on the list, see what happens. Most of the food places that I went to were only like little 12-seat restaurants, and my favorite one had a overlook of the ocean through a window. There's like a little window in the kitchen, and you can see through the kitchen window out into the ocean. While there that kind of like... sounds like heaven, sitting in Lisbon, drinking coffee with cocoa in it, yeah. looking out at the ocean had a glass of port at that place too with a nice fresh i had octopus soup for the first time octopus there. soup yeah it was i delicious. mean it doesn't sound great but i would it definitely doesn't. try it i've had octopus before and it was absolutely disgusting but i'm like i'm in portugal i gotta try the local portuguese food 
So I had octopus soup because I know my uncle is Portuguese and he loves his octopus. So I figured that's the way to go. And I had okay, it. So and it was amazing. When I go to Lisbon, then I'll be trying some octopus. Try the oct octopus soup in a little 12 seat restaurant. My first overseas experience was in a place that, well, they're not really known for their food in London. Actually, the entirety of um, England, you know, everybody says bad things about the food. They say it's bland or... Well, here's what I know about England, having British grandparents, is uh -huh. you got to have fish and chips. Oh, yeah, of course. You gotta have, um, what what else? Actually, that's it. That's all I know. Fish and chips. Okay. Well, so more. you basically just told everybody <laughs> something they already knew. Yeah, that's what I did. Okay. Uh, well, when I went there, I did try the fish and chips. It was good. Um, but I liked the food there. I mean. Well, what did you have? They have they have all sorts of restaurants. I mean. I stayed at this place called Victory Services Club because it's a place where um, family members of people who have served in the British military, they can stay there for like a discounted price. Um, right. And it's in a great location. It's right in central London, right by Hyde Park. Uh, it's easy access to transportation. Really... I could not have stayed in a better location. Um, I was lucky enough to basically get my entire trip to London for free. Because... Well, what was it that you went to London for? <laughs> what did I go to London for? Yeah. Like, why did you I go mean, to I mean, I don't know. I just went there to visit. I just went there for, like, a short vacation. I have been to London twice. The first time I went, I went for about five days. Um, and I went with a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you shall remain, remain nameless. What's that? <laughs> Nothing, never mind. Yeah, we won't go into that. We won't go into that. This This podcast is only supposed to be 30 minutes long, and I could go into that for much longer but I went with a friend and we kind of just went there to see the sights my friend had been there multiple times already and he wasn't that impressed but I was it was my first time in London um I was awestruck so as soon as I got off the plane found myself at Heathrow you know I was so excited to be there and we went to Victory Services Club. I was terribly jet lagged, even though it was only a five hour flight, but I was so jet lagged. I took a red eye, but I didn't care. I drank some coffee and I went out exploring like a few hours later. Um, probably one of my favorite places to go while I was there was um, South Bank Book Market. Oh, what is that? I mean, it might sound boring to some people. It's just a large book market. It's exactly what it sounds like. It cannot possibly be more boring than a horse carriage museum. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like we're sounding like really interesting people right now. No, I went no, to a I horse didn't. carriage museum. You went to a book market. <laughs> we really live live exciting lives when we travel. No, I did. I did have an exciting time while I was there because try going to a book market while you're jet lagged and also drunk. Oh, drunk. You had some yes. drinks drank on the plane, did you? The entire time I was in London, I was drunk. Mostly. The entire time? <laughs> I was drunk most of my time there. Not drunk enough where I don't remember it, just drunk enough where everything was more fun. So what caused you to drink so much? I was on vacation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess, like, surprisingly, one of my favorite things to do while in Europe was to just walk around the cities while drunk. That was one of my favorite things exactly. to do as well. It it's was... just you're on vacation, um, you're in a new city, you exactly. want to feel as relaxed as possible, and what better way than to have a little alcohol and walk around the streets and get lost. And That's sometimes you find thing the best things when you're lost. Oh, well, what did you find? Tell me something I you found. I found South Bank Book Market. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you already told me. Um, I also went to, well, our hotel, as I said, was right down the street from Hyde Park. It was just mm -hmm. a short walk. And my first time there, they were having like a little festival. Well, it wasn't very little. It was actually a pretty big festival called uh, Winter Wonderland Festival. Oh, that's right. You went in the wintertime. I yes. forgot about that. Yes, it was awesome. Um, so what kind of stuff did they have there? They had ice sculptures. They had like this big tent and you went inside the tent and I have never been to Germany, mm -hmm. but I felt like that was my most German experience. It had I like an Oktoberfest like feel. Fest. Yeah. The big mugs. Did they yeah. have the people in the outfits there? They did. Um, everybody was dancing and drunk and having a great time. I was drunk. I had As you've some, already stated. I had some spiked hot chocolate. What do you put in spiked hot chocolate? Would that be Bailey's? I don't even know what was in it. I was already drinking at the time when I ordered it. And I was just like hard hot chocolate. I will take that. If you're a German listening to this podcast, please get back to us and let us know what you put in your hot chocolate to spike it. Because in North I America, I don't even know if that's a German thing. I don't know. I will find that out. You're gonna have to go back to England the next winter time <laughs> and order it again, and then ask the waitress. Ugh, I'm hot chocolate drinkish. That's that's my German for what is in this hot chocolate. Oh boy. We're yeah. going to have to work on that. Well, I tried to learn German before. We tried to learn German. No. Well, I... It, it did I not work out French. Well. You turned to French, and I just turned back to nothing. I'm still trying to pick up on some German. But anyway, uh, back to London. So I did the Winter Wonderland, and so I suggest to anybody who is in London around... I think they started at the end of October... Really? Actually, I, that I was right. there in November. Yeah. And usually when you think of England, you don't even think of snow. I always think it's like pretty temperate climate all year round. Well, so there it's... wasn't snow, but it was still... Oh. 
Well, then how <laughs> there was oh. no snow. It was just called a winter wonderland. There was this giant talking tree there. I remember that. Are I you remember... sure this wasn't the alcohol talking at this no. point? Or was <laughs> no. this a real talking tree? I think there would have been something else in my drink if I was talking to trees. Well, you know those Germans. They're, they're sneaky people. They That's could have true. put something in that hot chocolate that you don't know about. Well, <laughs> I don't think so, but whatever they put in my hot chocolate, I was talking to a tree. No, I think it was... <laughs> you were actually having full conversation with this tree? <laughs> it wasn't specifically talking to me. It was just talking to everybody. Okay. It was like a mechanical device. I see. Um, so I went there. They had these really amazing ice sculptures. I wish I had gotten the name of the artist, but... Well, what did they sculpt? What what impressed you? Everything. Angels. Your typical winter wonderland sculptures. Yes, yes. But I was impressed by it because, you know... Was there like a Big Ben nice or anything, anything London specific? You know, I did not do a lot of typical tourist activities while I was there, and I would actually suggest that. Sure, you're going to want to go out and see the typical things like Big Ben, um, everything else. Piccadilly I mean, Circus, I it's went different there. For every, it's different for every person, right? Like when I went to Lisbon, all I did was walk around. I just walked from place to place. I just find it so much more exciting just walking around a city and exploring the city and letting me see what the whole city has to offer rather than just these two or three spots within the yes. city like, where everyone just lines up limit... for hours. Exactly. I don't want to limit myself on only seeing the things that are the most popular. I like to go out and find those little hidden gems, things that are things that the locals might know about more than um, tourists. And uh, what else did I find below is there? Oh, well, there was this fountain. It was not far from the South Bank book market. And it's this giant fountain, water shooting up from the ground, and you can actually stand inside of it. Yeah, I did I... not catch the name of this, but you, if you're by the South Bank book market, you should be able to find it. it you can't miss it. And what did you do with this fountain? I seem I to recall some pictures it that I've picture. seen. I think you've seen that picture. Oh, I've seen that picture many times. Yes. That's where what, it's What from. did you do and afterwards? After, like, you just got covered in water while you were there. No. So what did, no. No? No, oh, did it, when did you it have sensors? Inside, you have to run inside when the water is not shooting up. And then as oh. soon as the water goes down again, you run you out. You have to run back out. Okay. Yeah. I thought like it was just little pods everywhere. And like no matter where you stand, you're going to get shot yeah. up at. Okay. No, you don't have to get wet. It's pretty cool. And I would suggest taking a picture there. Uh, the food. Let's go back to the food. Yeah, where did you go? You never actually said anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to this little Lebanese place called Yala Yal. How did you find this place? Because most uh, of the places I found... We were oh, okay. walking down the street and 
we walked past this. Or wait, I think they had hookah outside. And that's what sold you? You were drunk? Like, I could <laughs> like, use some I'm hookah while I'm there. at it. <laughs> I remember wanting to do hookah, but then the person I was with, well, let's be honest, they weren't into doing a lot of fun things. So I didn't end up doing that. But on a side note, if you're on vacation with somebody who is kind of being a Debbie Downer, don't like be a wet, discouraged. A wet noodle, if you will. Yes, a wet noodle, a wet blanket. A wet blanket, there we go. Nobody likes a wet, wet blanket. Noodle. You never heard of wet noodle? Aren't I might have just made that up. To get wet? Yeah, that's true. Where did the saying I come from? I think you just made that up. I feel like this is a saying that's been passed down from generation to generation in my family. I've never heard And wet we've been noodle. doing it wrong. I've heard wet blanket, not wet noodle. Something um, for the next episode to look forward to. Yes. The history behind wet noodle. But like I was saying, uh, if you're with somebody who's, you know, kind of being a Debbie Downer, don't be afraid to go out and do things on your own. It might not seem like ideal at first, but you'll be surprised with how much fun you can have exploring the city on your own. And just don't let other people's actions, you know, stop you from doing things that you want to do. Because I did not. And you had a fantastic time. I did. And I'm going, I have to go back. I'm going back. So tell me more about the Lebanese restaurant. What was the food like? It was delicious. Oh, I was expecting (laughs) it to be, yeah. Like I said, I was also still tipsy during that. So I don't remember what I ordered, but it was some kind of chicken dish. And it was delicious. Oh my goodness. We're almost out of time, aren't we? We're almost out of time. Yes, you are correct. Do can we run this thing over? I guess we can. I don't see why not. I mean, I don't know. Okay, so let's just do a quick little rundown of from your experience in London. What let's what are some we, things? We can, we can what, do what, more minutes. Okay. We're but the boss, right? What would what, you recommend if you're in London? Like, say you have things that you want to recommend to people going to London. Okay. Whether it be places say, to go or experiences. I say South Bank Book Market, Winter Wonderland in Hyde, or just Hyde Park in general because there's nothing like getting a little coffee from a cafe in down in central London and taking a walk through Hyde Park. Ugh, it's just a great experience. Um, also, something I love about London is like how snazzy everybody dresses. Everybody just looks very snappy there. Well, I mean, they don't really have a lot of good weather there, so rather than looking at the sky like the and having good weather, you have to, have to take the fashion to yourself and make yourself look good since there's nothing else out yeah, there. Yeah, I loved the fashion in London. Actually, while I was there, this, this was before, you know, I became a fashionista. Like oh, right. Now. Right. <laughs> you are world-renowned for your fashion. <laughs> no, this this was before that, yeah. So this is when I was still a small-town girl wearing my, um, I don't even know what I wore, but it wasn't very fashionable. 
Well, like I recall you saying something ways. along the no, lines of, <laughs> no, it was like a see-through skirt or something like that. Where oh a French, my gosh, bringing up the see-through skirt, yes. Where a French guy I did wear a see-through skirt. Not intentionally. Not intentionally. See, girls, or guys, too. Whoever's, you know. Whoever likes to wear skirts. Check your material in the light before you walk out on the yes. town. Make sure, have a friend somebody close to you look at you wearing like a skirt or a dress or a shirt in the sunlight to make sure that is not see-through unfortunately you, you were with have... the debbie downer so like yeah. debbie downer really did not help out at all no he he didn't she but basically um, the downer yeah because what i did on accident is my friend was being debbie downer we'll just call him debbie downer we'll call him debbie okay. Okay. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go out in London and I'm going to experience this city for myself. So I was wearing this skirt. It was like a maxi skirt. A few years ago, maxi skirts were very popular. I don't think they're as popular anymore. Well, no, you're not wearing them anymore. You were a fashionista back then. No, I'm so a fashionista they're... now. Oh, I, but... I, got, I got confused. Yeah, you got confused. Um... <laughs> So you wore this maxi skirt. Yes. And it was like, it wasn't sheer material, but it was a thinner material. But standing inside my hotel room, it did not look see-through. And then as I'm walking down the street, I'm just noticing like I'm getting stares. And I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm okay looking, but. Wow. Humble much. <laughs> I said okay looking. I'm okay looking, but I'm not used to getting gawked at especially by european men french men french men in so, particular i think that is what drove that french man to talk to me it had to be the see-through skirt it had to be <laughs> it's the only explanation so i think you're <laughs> what you're saying is your advice is if you're an okay looking woman in london <laughs> don't wear see-through you want skirts. no you want to get the attention of a Frenchman, wear the see-through skirt. Oh, yes, that's true. Maybe that's what they're going for. Who knows? Wow, that, that is great advice to end this episode. It's fantastic. I feel like we could talk about this, like, all day long. But our time has run out. So where, where can people reach us for our podcast? I'm sure there are many places. Oh, well, we will be uploading episodes on iTunes, uh, Patreon, and you can contact us at sleepingaroundpodcast at gmail.com for any reason, just to say hi, if you want and to I say know hi. We're at Gmail, but sleeping around podcast is without the G. Yes. I know that's confusing. But sleeping. sleeping around podcast at Gmail without the G. All right. So I guess that, that ends our episode for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And Good goodbye. Bye, I guess. <laughs>